This is the Cosmic Voice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cosmic Voice. This is Season 6, Episode 7. I am here with my co-host, Chris Natalini. Hello, hello, hello. And I am Mick Michaels. Welcome back, everyone, to another show. Chris, good morning to you. How are you? I am doing fantastic, sir. How are you, brother? I'm fantastic myself, I think. Awesome. Not sure. (laughs) Ate something funny yesterday, not sure what it is, and still paying the price. Really? Did yeah. you did you cook it? Did you guys were you out? Yeah, we cooked it. I don't understand. So who oh. knows? I don't know. It just could be listen, at our age, it's a day to day thing, right? It could be the wind blowing and you know, you have problems. So I'm dealing with it. Dealing with it. Oh, that sucks, dude. How do you hear that? You know, at this age something crawls in and dies and you never know. <laughs> anyway. Hey, listen, on a positive note, as the season's kicking in, we're here at Episode 7. We hope everyone has gone to our website, www.thecosmicvoice.com, and found the Easter egg download to our Cosmic Strip. I hope you found it. That's only the beginning. There's more coming. At least that's what they tell us until the budget runs out. (laughs) You know what I mean? When you got a paper-thin budget, can you see my fingers? (laughs) Paper-thin It's so thin, it's like the lint that comes out of your dryer, and we're trying to make paper out of that. (laughs) That's how bad stuff's getting. Just to write post-it notes. Yes, I hope people are enjoying it. Because I know I am. I like it. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I mean, you know. I do, too. Who doesn't want to be a comic? comic Like I said in that quote, you know, I says, if Kiss could do it, we could do it. Absolutely. You know? Our blood's not in it. Well, because it's digital right now. I think when it goes to print, maybe, maybe we could drop a few droplets droplets in there <laughs> why not right a good selling point yeah why not who doesn't want our, our well, you know what like no offense but that comic book came out pre-aids pre-covid pre you know when the world has a problem with everything so maybe that might not go over well this oh day can you imagine oh i would love for them to do that now and just see what I know. I'm surprised that it hasn't been done again when they got back together in 96 because a bunch of new comics had come out during that time. Yeah. And I'm, you know, especially with the McFarland toys and all, I'm surprised they didn't do like 20 years later. We do it because that was what, 78 when that comic book came out? The first one? Was it 78? Oh, yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah, Something like that. Because it was still their height before the before everything fell apart. Speaking of which. As the holiday season is all whatever, you know, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park came out right at that tail end of October back in 78. You know, everything started trailing down from there. Everybody talks about it. It's a cult classic now because it's so bad, it's good. It's something like that. I seem to catch myself watching it every couple years. You know, I'll watch it again. I mean, I guess there's this belief that it's better than what we thought. Like, it can't be that bad. Let me watch it again. 
because there's always little quirky things that you kind of like. It's kind of cool, but maybe it's because of our age. We get sucked back to when we were, you know, seven, eight, nine, whatever it was, and like how we were excited about it. And that's yeah. what's in our head. But anyway, going back to that, just the other night, I watched The Wiz. And Ooh. yeah, Ooh. the funny thing is, is several months before, my singer and I were talking about it, about how bad it really is. And it just didn't have that punch. So we're watching it. It really is that bad. Oh, I mean, it's, it's awful. It's so slow. And I realize that there's too much singing. And I realize it's a musical. But too much and You did singing. have a lot of really, you did have a lot of like, I mean, Michael, what? Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, right? Yeah, Nipsey uh, Russell. Nipsey Russell, right. The right. guy that so, played I mean, the driver in Arthur. I can't remember his name right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. So, I mean, you have a lot of really super talented musical people. So, I mean, that's what you want to do, right? You want to make it, like, heavy singing. I mean, you have a bunch of singers and dancers on there, especially Michael Jackson. I mean, come on. I mean, at that time, that was even pre-Thriller. Oh, it was, well, that was pre-Off the Wall, the 78, right? Oh, 78, right. 79, something wall. like yeah. that. And then yeah, it was I mean, pre-Off the on. Wall. Really, his performance definitely is the highlight. In my opinion. Oh, for sure. Because it does seem it does seem very authentic because he was still young, he seemed innocent, and whether he was or not, that's a different story. But the way he came against the character really seemed to work. But I realized watching it, and believe me, that's like a hundred and some minutes I'll never get back. <laughs> never. <laughs> that I realized that there wasn't any music when there wasn't singing or dancing. It was quiet. You know how, like, sometimes movies will have music oh. in the back? You know, it just helps yeah, the scene. It, even, it yeah. was, like, dead silent. Because I, I guess I was watching it differently as you're, opposed you're, to entertainment purposes. I'm like, yeah, why is this so... tune with it. So, yeah. 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 So then after the movie, I started reading about it. 24 or 25 million it took to produce the film, and it only made, like, 13.5 in the box office. Oh, so it wasn't even a hit in It the wasn't box even office. a hit in, in a box no, office. I no, it, I don't it think I realized It, it was the most expensive musical flop of the time Ooh, so anyway I, then i'm starting to think so that's a 78 79 error movie right and think about all these movies that they thought were going to be big because they were playing to the time or to what they thought the audience wanted and were a flop so the whiz kiss yeah. meets the phantom mm -hmm. of the park yeah xanadu oh yeah sergeant yeah. pepper Right with the Bee Gees, yeah. that and I and I love. So yeah, I and and that. again, that's one of those movies that it's love hate too. But it just flopped. It didn't connect. But yeah. you know what's yeah. funny is is those movies aren't talked about as hard as Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. <laughs> but everywhere else outside of America, that movie was released as a theater release and it did well. Right. You know, they right. re-edited mm, some right. things, and they put some different soundtrack in it. But it seemed to do. They they retitled it too, right? I think so. I forget what they called it, but it was oh, Attack of the Attack of the Clones or something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or some something like that. It had attack in it. I don't know. But then again, if you look at especially during that era of overseas movies when Star Wars was being parodied, that Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park was like Oscar winning compared to some of the Star yeah. Wars parodies yeah. that were out yeah. there. I mean, yeah. they were horrible. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. you, you'll see them on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, those Spider-Man kind of rip-off movies from oh. India or Bollywood, and they're just horrible. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> the best one I love seeing is that little Indian guy. He's about the same height as Tattoo, and he's oh, a yeah. secret agent spy. Yes, you know yes, what I mean? With the yes, miniature yes, head. Yes, yes, he's yes, kicking yes, butt yep, and getting yep. all the women. Yep. 
<laughs> but people bought it. You know, I don't hey, know. Hey, man, listen. People just want to be entertained. My, so that's my interesting. Think, yeah, I, my thinking was is it must have been that time frame, and all those movies were made similar. Like, if you think about it, the production yeah. style, the bad script, were they rushed? Star Wars, the Star Wars holiday special, same thing. Oh, yeah, flopped, yeah, flopped. You know what I mean? But that's a cult yeah. classic. People will keep going back to it. It's just weird, but the, when you put all those movies together right around the same time, Either everyone was so coked up that they had no idea what they were doing. It was the worst time in cinematic history in, in the entertainment business because everybody was someplace else. Or this was that time of horrible movies like that. Now, I guess maybe they couldn't capitalize on the moment the way they wanted to because maybe it was all rushed. I wonder if it could have been rushed too, but I think with like movies like the, the Kiss movie, Phantom, and then... With the Wiz, even with Sergeant Pepper's, like it's probably more like you're putting all these names together and you're just hoping that the names alone make the movie good, right? Like, don't you think? Like, I mean, if you think about the people in the Wiz, you think about the people in Sergeant Pepper's. I mean, you got the Bee Gees, you had Alice Cooper, you had Aerosmith, you had Steve Martin, you had George Burns, like all these amazing people and entertainers, and you go, how could this not be good? And then it just ends up being Yeah, awful. you're I mean, right. That's I, right. Because, like, movies like Cannonball Run and... Right. That's what I'm know, saying. In the 60s, they had the Ocean's Eleven type of right. thing. Where it's so, you know, with right. the rap pack, right. that race around the world thing that they did. Yeah, I mean, it had, like, Rel everybody. Yeah. So, they, and they man, were very man, man, lucrative. Man they were very lucrative. So, they, I guess they right. figured they could do it with music stars as well. I mean, why not? I mean, you know, you would think, right? Again, that's Sgt. Pepper's. That soundtrack is... I mean, obviously, it's the Beatles, but, you know, the Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees. I mean, oh, sure. Just, I agree with you. They just, that soundtrack is just unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, and really, the the ones that ended up coming out on top were Aerosmith, right? Because Come Together became a huge hit for them. Right. And it came from that movie. came from that movie. Well, again, going back to The Wiz, the thing that I realized, like, I'm watching it, and I had my wife watch it. She goes, I don't think I've ever seen this. So I'm like, okay. I wish you would say that about like Rocky one, two, and three. Oh, I haven't seen this because then we can yeah, right? we can watch it. <laughs> so anyway, she's going. I don't even know what the story's about. I go. You're right. There was actually no. a theme to the movie. They were pushing about how urban city people needed to stand up, feel good about themselves, yes, putting them yes, down, yes, all that yes, kind yes, of stuff. Yeah. Which the film actually got flack for too, that it was too over the head. But anyway, I think what they were hoping was is that the story of The Wizard of Oz was going to hold on its own, based on what yeah. it was, that they didn't have to address it in the same right. capacity as they right. did in the right. original. Right? right? I think it could have been so much cooler. It's almost like they approached it like a Godspell when they did the movie yeah. Godspell, which was a few years before, but I think that it was too long and drawn out and it just didn't have a pace. Like, And I said to my wife at one point, I go, what team got into a room and said, yeah, the pace of this is great. It doesn't make sense because it's it was just torturous. Because <laughs> even Star Wars was put in a room and everybody said the pace is terrible. You got to change yeah. it. And then they re-edited it to what we have gotten no, today, today yeah. so to speak. And it's just sometimes it's the editing, the pacing. And the pacing of that is horrible. And then it ends anticlimactic in a way she, where she just runs back through the snow and into the house. I guess that was all you needed to do is, you know, there's no place like home. I get it, but they were relying on the 1939 movie to right. state that, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. And then you're adding, again, you're adding all these amazing artists and hoping that they carry it. And there was only, what, 
one hit came out of that soundtrack? Yeah, he's on down, down the road, road right? He's yeah. on down the road. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like from that point to 85, 86, everything that Michael Jackson touched <sighs> just became a hit. I mean, like the Rockwell song, it's, um, yeah. somebody watching me. Yeah. I mean, really, the highlight of the song is when he it's does him. that chorus. Yeah. It's actually yeah. not a bad song. There's some cool stuff that goes on there. But, I mean, like, you know, Rockwell's singing or lack thereof, depending on what you want to, you know, call it, is a little over the top. Yes, yes. But it was also 80, it, whatever. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, it's funny, and it's it, but that song is recognizable, man. Like, every fall Halloween season, you, you hear the first three notes, and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it takes you song. back. Yeah. And again, I, yeah. and, you know, and I mean, like I said, it was the song was a hit for sure. Would that song have been a hit without Michael Jackson? I don't know. It's possible. But that that definitely sealed the deal. Oh yeah, that yeah that. You know, he, he didn't even want Michael Jackson didn't even want to do it. He yeah. didn't want anything to do it. And he went in one take, got through what he had to, and he was out. He just did it as a you know as a favor type of thing. But uh, amazing man, it really is amazing. I maybe I should have had him do a song for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe you know, I don't know, whatever. It's made money in subsequent years. It's been released on video and DVD. I mean, even bad movies can make... Like, listen, we talked about it. Like, you know, Hocus Pocus, we talked about in the last yeah. episode. I mean, yeah, man. you know, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. It did do well in the theater, but critics hated it. But it's hated become, it, yeah. like, a favorite oh, yeah, now. Like, a it, classic. Like, yeah, yeah, now it's like it's a huge yeah. classic. So time does do a lot of things. It softens people's eyes. Yeah, um, yeah, it does. And yeah. I think, and as we get older too, we realize, you know, that you know when you see these older movies, some of the times you just look at it and go, oh, you know, you're just you're just watching it to be entertained. You're not watching it to get anything out right. Of it. Like The Grinch, you know, like Jim Carrey's The Grinch. I'm not a huge fan. I wasn't when it came out, but as the years have gone on, I watch it and I go, oh, man, this movie. I mean, he just, he just. I'm still not a fan of the movie, but. If he's on screen, you can't take your well, eyes there's off. Well, so, there's so many subtlety things to it that I think are really, really cool. But, uh, you know, and again, that's from watching it over and oh, so over many times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he they couldn't have got a better person to do that role. I'm sorry. They couldn't. No, I agree. Especially at the time. Especially at the time. Yeah. He's just, he just slays that role to no end. You know, speaking of, like, how it softens our eyes over time, like, our ears get softer, too, because there's a lot of music sure. from the 80s that I just didn't care for, that I I don't go gaga over now, but I do appreciate it in such a different way. Especially a lot of what's now considered hair metal. Again, not that I'm going out and buying this stuff or whatever, and I don't know if it's just because when you're listening to Satellite, you have no choice but yeah, to you're, some yeah, of yeah, these. Yeah, yeah. But there are yeah. certain songs, because after a while you go, all right, I'll give it a real good listen. And you start hearing things that maybe you didn't hear before, and you can appreciate yeah. it. Like, Winger is definitely one of them. There were some yeah. songs that I liked Winger back then, but I just couldn't grab onto the same thing at the time. Yep. Over the years, it's like, wow, it was some good stuff there. Yeah, maybe some of it was of that era or whatever, but it was some good stuff. I just didn't give it a fair shake because I was someplace else, right? I was someplace else. I was young. Totally agree. I was playing certain kinds of music myself, and I wanted to do it that way and not this other way. It just didn't fit what I was doing. Slaughter's another one. I'm still not a huge Slaughter guy, but listening back on some of that stuff, I could see why people were definitely clicking. Like, right out of the gate, he just, you know, once he left Vinnie Vincent and he had this everything rolling for him, 
I could see why people were really digging it. Now it was light, but there was a catch to it. There was a, a hook. Yeah. I never dug Winger at all. And then I saw them live. I mean, a couple of records into their career in the early stages. And he opened, opened for Cinderella at here in Philly. When they were done, I was like, man, I am a fan because live, he just brought it. You know, unfortunately, he got lumped into that era and that really wasn't him. Like, he was just a, a musician. Like, he was a musician's musician. When they walked off that stage, I was like, I am a fan because they were amazing, man. And him and his band just came out and they rocked. There they was rocked. no, like, yeah. twirling. He didn't, you know, he wasn't wearing the, you know, the big glam metal clothes he was just out there in like cool rock jeans and a shirt and just slayed it and i was like oh yeah like I'm, yeah I, and so ever since then I, i'm not a, i'm not a huge winger fan but i'm like ah like i listened to the new record when it came out i really it's really good really rocks kind of yeah. dark and um it is dark it so is dark. Yeah. yeah anytime you know anytime something new comes out i'll give it a listen because i know it's going to be he's super talented i know it's going to be good yeah, there's a real nice three-part documentary on Paramount about, like, those metal years, and Winger's one of those showcased acts that they piece in as part of the timeline, and they talk to Kip yeah. Winger, and he didn't really have it as easy as, as it may have seemed. Right. Um, and it's yeah. a very interesting story. I mean, it includes him, John from uh, Motley Crue, you know, his time with Motley Crue and all that. And prior to that, how he got into Motley Crue and then how he was let go. Janet Gardner from Vixen, they talked to her. Oh, nice. And there's somebody nice. else they talked to him right now. It's escaping me. I mean, it's a very interesting, you know, yeah, like, especially if you out, live yeah. during that time. During you know, the time. They, when they do these documentaries, I know Tubi has a two-part documentary about yes. the, those metal things as well. But they always focus on the L.A. scene. I get it. I mean, because yeah. that's where the thing was. Yeah. But there was a scene here in the here. Philadelphia, New York market. Thousand before yep. that L.A. Strip really exploded in the mid-80s. Yep. You know, Jersey, Philadelphia, New York, yep. you know, the Delaware, Maryland scene. I mean, and there's so many bands that they could talk about. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. Kicks is one of them. You know, that, that, how do you, you not? How, how could you not write? Yeah. You know, and then there's so many local acts that moved up through the ranks. Yeah. Some of them got, you know, Cinderella was one of them, of course. Then you had Britney. bands that just, yeah, Britney Fox and Tangier, Tease, Roughhouse. Heaven's but, Edge. Heaven's Edge. But then there's yeah. bands that just didn't get it. They were the pioneers and then just didn't make the cut. But yeah. famous members came out of those bands that yeah. moved on to yeah. someplace else. Yep. And I would love to see that. So maybe, you know. Yeah, that would be cool. All that the people cool. that you know, why don't you talk to somebody and get that going? <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Yeah, please. You know what I mean? Because you're the, you're the star power here of this show. <laughs> but anyway, time does soften the eyes. It softens the ears. It does. And apparently, it does. in my case, it softened the stomach a little bit. So I don't, you know, it's just the way it works. So. It's the Rusta Boss. Take it down. This is Stephen Pearson from Rat, the Rat Bastard. You're listening to the Cosmic Voice. Anyway, anything else going on in your neck of the woods before we no. uh, hit the topic? No, dude. Nope. Nothing new going on. Nothing new Nothing going new on. at all. It's just we're taking this music biz one day at a time. That's it, As man. we talked that about in some other episodes, and we were just talking before we went live today, is it's getting harder and harder to find places to play. It is. And it is. Some of that's going to lead into the topic, but it does wear you out. It wears you out because you feel like you're in this vicious cycle. You're wondering what's the point. So, you know, with that, the topic of tonight's show is 
when the thrill is gone, overcoming burnout, just dealing with the day-to-day of keeping your brand, your business, your music, your artistic passion going. And sometimes it has great effect. It could have great effect on your creativity, on your production, on your ability to make the right decisions. It can also affect more on a personal level, could affect the relationships that you have, both within your band and with family and friends and venues and so on and so forth. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it from experience. Believe me, because I've been there multiple times. I may be there right now. I'm just still trying to figure it out, as we've talked about in other episodes. When the thrill is gone, buddy, overcome and burnout. Have you experienced it? If so, what have you done? What do you see? Do you know anybody that has? First of all, I think everybody has at some point. I hate to be a downer, but life is hard. Life is hard. And as, it, as we get older, it gets harder. So I, I kind of think that everybody experiences burnout. I think that since COVID, and I, I, you know, I keep hating to bring it up, but I mean, it's, it's just, it's the You're one of those guys that just want to keep it alive. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, I mean, like, because it's the truth, man. Like when, you know. When COVID happened, it really opened up a lot of people's eyes in terms of, especially in what we do, being musicians and artists. It really opened our eyes because we had talked about it before where, you know, nobody was touring and everybody realized, man, like all the things I've, I've missed in, in life and whether it be family or kids or you know, holidays, whatever. And I think that really stuck in a lot of people that, you know, a, a lot of older uh, people, you know, uh, older artists you know, they realize that, man, maybe this isn't, I, I kind of liked being home. I kind of, I, I miss being with my family and realizing that there are some things that maybe are a little more important. But experiencing burnout, I find that you really experience it when something traumatic happens. And I don't mean traumatic in your personal life. I mean traumatic in your passion life or your, you know, you're being a musician. Like when something traumatic happens within a band, you lose a member you get fired, you know, stuff doesn't work out, like whatever the case may be, you really question what you're doing. And burnout is a common thing. I believe it's a common thing. And you either succumb to it and you just hang it up or you just kind of fight through it, right? Like the only way out is through, as they say. So if you're experiencing burnout, you have to really kind of look at yourself in the mirror and say, why am I burnout? What is bringing me this burnout? What is the reason? Is it because... And you and I have experienced this in the past six months or so. Is it because this person exited the band? Is it because we're there's no places to play, or it's getting harder to play, or there's no there's there's less money? There was never money, but now there's less money, or you know things are so expensive now I can't get merch made. And if you experience burnout and you don't succumb to it, or you don't go, you know what, it, this just isn't worth it to me. Then you just got to come kind of come up with other plans, other ways to do things. Perfect example. I was talking to a friend of mine the other night and they became friendly with this musician, Sam Grow, and he comes out of Nashville. And I've never heard of the man. So he has a full band. He's done a couple tours. He's, he's a country artist. So what he started to do was really interesting. He started to do these, they're called backyard bonfire gigs. And you would hire him to go to your house. And I mean, you pay him, of course. And he drives your house with just him and a guitar player and his manager. And they bring the sound system and then they, he just sits up in your backyard and he plays, I think he's, you know, hour and a half, whatever it is. He plays originals and he plays covers and he talks about his originals and how he wrote them. And it's an extra way of him to kind of, 
get away from that burnout of being on the road and, and touring with a full band. You know, it's just him and two other guys and instead of him and maybe six or seven guys. And it's hard, you know, the six or seven personalities. And, you know, he just said he came up with something different. He was like, I'm going to try something different. And that kind of revitalized his way of doing things and his enjoyment in doing it. Because now what he does is he does both. He, you know, during this time of year, he will do these backyard bonfires. And then during the spring, summer, he will travel with his band. So maybe, you know, in that time, you know, he's doing these backyard bonfires. He's looking forward to getting back out on the road with his band. And then when he's back out on the road, his band is going, oh, I can't wait till the season. So I can start these, you know, bonfire backyard shows. You know, maybe just take a break. The only problem I come up with with taking a break is social media is such a big factor in what we do now as being artists. That if you take a break, like if your social media impact is heavy, like like you guys, Mick, you know, you guys have such a presence on social media. If you lose that, if you do decide to take a break, if you lose that, I mean, it takes days before you're you know it just falls completely off the rails and then you work double hard to get it back and then that could cause burnout because you're like oh my god i'm not reaching the people that i used to reach only because i took a break but that's just where we are in this industry nowadays right it's all about being social media and our presence so you know if you decide to take a break you have to come up with a plan if you take a break but if you plan on coming back then what are you going to do for your social media to keep it going, to keep it in people's faces so they don't forget about you? I say the same thing. You know, I, you know, both my bands are kind of inactive right now. We're in the studio, and we're going to start posting pictures now about being in the studio. But the problem is, is like we're not, you know, we're not this huge band where you can make one post. You, if you haven't posted in forever, and you make one post, you know, new record coming, then the, you know, the world, like. You know, at the time that we were recording this, which I know we're a couple weeks uh, ahead, but, you know, Iron Maiden just announced their tour. Well, that's all I saw on Facebook for like three days was like, oh, Iron Maiden's doing a tour. So, you know, unfortunately, we don't have that kind of power, right, on social media. So if you're going to take a break and, and social media is something that you really care about, then you have to come up with a plan to go, how do I keep my name or the band's name in people's faces so they don't forget about us until my break is over? So that's another thing you have to think about when it comes to burnout, if you're going to take a break. Uh, if it's not anything you care about, then that's okay. Then you can just take a break and just hit it when you come back, and then you're just going to have to work a little harder, which that's not a bad thing either. Because maybe by then you'll have a new, fresh mind and have to you know, think things a little differently. But burnout's dangerous. I found myself, anytime I've been burned out, and I have been. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I have been very few times. I just keep pushing. I just keep going. I try not to dwell on it, as you know, and you and I have both had a really crummy end of summer, six months, and you, know, you and I have had a lot of stuff happen to us on a professional level. As many times that I've gone, God, I, do I want to do this anymore? Like, it's so frustrating. And now, with like we had said earlier in the show about getting gigs, and it's just so hard now. I, I just go, yeah, I, you know, I love what I do. I'm getting older. I don't know how much longer I want to do this, so I want to try to ride it out as long as I can. So I just kind of keep pushing through, man. I just kind of keep, kind of like work. If you have a job you don't like, you still keep going to it, you know, cause you have to, right? You work, you gotta pay your bills. That's just kind of how I look at it. I go, all right, well, I'm, I'm just gonna keep going. I'm gonna show up for rehearsal. I'm gonna show up for the studio and I'm gonna try to book gigs and take the gigs when I can. And, um, you know, if something comes across my desk, then, you know, we'll do what we can. And you just got to kind of keep pushing through, man. And eventually I find that anytime I've ever been burnt out, I just keep pushing. 
I'll know I'll, I'll get through on the other end. And then something cool will happen. And I go, okay, man, thank God I didn't quit. It's simple for me, even if it's just a good rehearsal. If I just show up and we're rehearsing and everybody's on point and everybody's having a good time and everybody's in a good mood, I go, okay. Like I leave rehearsal and I go, okay, like, that was cool. That, 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 got, that will get me through to the next, the next step, whether it's the next rehearsal, studio session, next show, like whatever. You got to just look for those little things. I think we were talking about that when Pam was on last season. You know, you just got to look for those things that just kind of keep you going. They're the things to focus on. You know, you try not to focus on the negative because this, unfortunately, this industry is all negative and it's been really getting more negative as the time has gone on. So I just kind of keep pushing through, man. You just got to, if this is what you want, this is your passion. It's as simple as just pushing through. But like I said, maybe sometime, maybe just sit back and, and try to come up with another plan. What, you know, what, uh, what can you do? Like, Sam Grow, he said, I'm going to do these backyard bonfires. And that kind of revitalized his love of what he does. And that's, you know, that it's sometimes it's just the little things. Sometimes you just have to take a different direction, sit back and just take a, a, a an outside look on it and go, what can I do differently that's going to keep that fire going? It may be a little fire, but even if it's a little fire, if it keeps you going, then you're on the right track. If this is what you want to do, that's the that's the first thing you have to decide it's what you want to do but if it is what you want to do then you got to you just got to figure out how to get you to that next step just like life sometimes life throws you things and you just go how do i just get to the next day just get to the next day just get to the next rehearsal get to the next show and it'll eventually just kind of work itself out always does always does yeah i agree you know you had said that well one during covid a lot of people realized that maybe there was more to this than just what they're doing right and yeah. though this yeah. may sound obvious, sometimes we don't know something's wrong until something happens. Yeah. Because we're so, we're hyper-focused. And we've talked about this in other episodes. As artists, as creators, we do get hyper-focused at times. Like, you'll miss things that are going on around you because of what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. Sometimes we get tunnel vision. There's good and bad to that, of course. And that's when things can go awry. Yes. So we yes. hit these milestones, and usually when you use the word milestone, that means it's usually something of a positive nature. But they could be looked at as like a milestone is like it's a wake-up call, right? And again, with COVID, I personally realized that there were things that I had been focusing on that weren't as important. Listen, it was a wake-up call, and we've talked about this before. The rug was pulled out from everybody. That demonstrated, if nobody picked up on it, how fragile what we do is, then nothing ever will. You're allowing your ego to dictate too much because it was pulled out from under us. We couldn't play. A lot of people couldn't record. A lot of bands and artists just shut down. A lot of them just didn't come back. Right. There's a lot of bands. They're gone. It's a whole new crop of people. Us old heads that are still around everybody's gotten real territorial they're holding yeah. on oh yeah. as much yep. as they can right yep yep i've experienced and i talked about it in some of the previous episodes that like i've gotten to a point like i'm saying well what's the point now like what am i trying to accomplish like what's the goal the goal's changed the yeah. goal before covid was one thing and it was kind of working but like I said, when COVID hit, I realized there was things I probably could have gotten to my goals a lot sooner if I didn't focus on these things that COVID taught me were a waste of time. But everybody was doing the same thing. Yeah. So no matter how experienced you are, sometimes following the flow of traffic is the way that everybody goes. Because otherwise, <laughs> you get knocked out and you're trying to keep status quo, right? The goal for yeah. most of us is to keep moving, right? It's longevity. 
then once COVID started to lighten up, the goal was I got to get back out there and get I got to rebuild yeah. everything that yep. I kind of just lost. And that yeah. was the goal and the focus. And once that was achieved, things kept changing. Things were different. You know, they weren't the same, of course. And the same tactics weren't working. One, because people weren't there anymore. Things right. were being different. New restrictions, new laws, so to speak. People were playing by a new set of rules. Everybody yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. So it made you realize, it's like, hey, what's going on here? And all of that can play towards the idea of burnout. Burnout could be looked at a couple different ways. It's like you run, you run, and you run, and run, and run, and then you're exhausted. You can't do it anymore. Some people just fall flat on their face not even realizing it. I've been there. Like, all of a sudden, I hit the wall, and I'm like, what? I don't understand. What happened? Like, what's going on? Because the last thing that you're going to admit to or even realize is I'm burned out. How can I be burned out about something I love doing? Yeah. I, you know, that yeah. I'm passionate about, that I think about all the time. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. Because that's what you're doing. Weightlifters talk about you can have burnout. If you're lifting too much, it's like a drug. You get pumped up. You love the way you look. You love the way it feels. The empowerment. Habit. Same thing here with writing and creating music, going out and playing and all that. That's why it's ego-driven most of the time. And right, we, right. ego-driven, two things happen. Either you run out of steam too soon, and you're like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not giving me the fire truck chasing that I thought it would. Right. Or right. you go to the extreme, and it just puts you down for the count. You know, people have nervous breakdowns. They shut down. They lose their creativity. Writers go into blocks. And I've been there. I've experienced it. Like I said, maybe I'm going through it right now to some degree because the model is changing and I'm not quite sure what that is because I'm an artist of a certain age and I don't use that as an excuse there is some pluses to it especially when you see the young scene out there but there's also some negatives to it when you see the young scene out there I played yeah. with a band a few yeah. months ago that I brought onto the bill because we played with them earlier during the summer on a string of shows I thought they were phenomenal definitely way younger than me had a fresh take on stuff I wanted to be on bills with them because I enjoy that. And I felt that other people would enjoy it too. And I'm watching them and I'm like, this is the energy. This is what the newer bands are about. They should be, yeah. right? And yeah. not everybody's like that. But, you know, it's those one in a million, right, that happen. They're the ones. Yeah. And I could see this band going great places. That's how I personally feel. Am I right? I don't know. But I'm telling you what it did for me as I'm watching them. I'm saying... This is where things are going with this new scene. How does an aging artist compete with that? There's certain things, and we talked about this too. There's certain things that aging artists can't do that younger bands can do. And that all could lead to burnout. So like I said, I'm dealing with trying to change this model so it's more effective and it relates more to what I want at this stage which is different than, you know, somebody else. But that burnout, man, sometimes, like I said, you don't know that there's a problem until something happens. And I know that sounds obvious, oh, yeah. but it's kind of like when a member leaves, it makes you look at things differently. Like, lawyers will tell you, every time a major event happens in your life, you should pull out your will and go over it. Yep. Whether that major event happened to you or to someone you know, it's right. an alarm to say, let me reevaluate and take stock in what I have and where I want things yep. to be going. Yep. So yep. it's the same thing here with the music. 
I think that if we take, and this is something that I've learned, and COVID unfortunately taught me this, you get rid of the things that you quickly realize aren't as important, that don't matter as much. You may still have to do them, but you don't have to spend as much time with them. That's number one. Right. Start right, eliminating right. things that are like whatever. If they're stressors that every time you're doing it, you're getting the same feeling, that can lead to burnout because you're going to dislike everything to build up to that, including what it is you actually want to do. So yep. you either you either eliminate it, completely change it, or have somebody else do it that may not be as effective. Then that yeah. allows yeah. you to focus on the things that definitely resonate with you that you can push to successful levels and you can avoid this because burnout when you don't realize you're burning out what's happening is is you're tired you know physically mentally spiritually but you're also quickly aggravated you're making stupid decisions maybe you're not reading the fine print and that doesn't necessarily mean in a contract but you're not seeing everything that you should be seeing you're missing the mark maybe you're right yeah your playing suffers listen i went through spills where all this was happening and I'm struggling on stage to remember my own songs or I was behind yeah. people. My timing was off. I was somewhere where I shouldn't have been. I'm like, I went blank. I'm like, you know, what's going on? It's because I'm focused on so many other things that I'm not focused on what is most important. And I made a decision yeah. a couple years back that no matter what, at the end of the day, it's about the music that we play. All this other crap is right. just, that's exactly what it is. And resentment right. starts setting in. And you may find that you start resenting people that you shouldn't yeah. be resenting. You're, you know, unfortunately, like a bad marriage, sometimes you blame the other person for some of your own shortcomings. You yeah, know? yeah, true. The other thing that I've learned is that you need to have the balance. And we've talked about this in previous episodes and other seasons about you have to balance this thing. And as Chris mentioned earlier... There's a lot that you realize if you sit back, and COVID did that for many of us, that, oh my God, I'm missing this, and I've missed this, and I've, I've never really participated in this. And, you know, all these things that are going on that you may not be privy to and realize that, you know, life continues to happen. And if you realize that this isn't the only aspect of life, that there's so much more you can find the balance that maybe you need. Maybe you need not necessarily another passion, but some other interests, some other distractions, good distractions, not bad distractions, but maybe working out, maybe eating better, maybe taking long walks, maybe reading, maybe studying a new subject that has nothing to do with music or creativity in those fashions. Joining a group, playing games, I don't know, whatever. It could be anything that you want to do, but something that's not necessarily music related if you're trying to avoid burnout because what happens is you know as an example for myself you play in a band you're doing it live you're writing and recording music but then you want a distraction so you start producing other bands you start writing for other bands well it's still the same thing but you need a distraction from that so you start writing music with other people and you're producing that, and that, but then you need a distraction from that. So you start a podcast on music business, <laughs> and then you need a distraction from that, right? Then you're doing artwork for bands and album covers, but then you need a distraction for that. You see the kind of cycle here? It's all the same thing. So, you know, it's time to go get a different distraction that doesn't have music involved in it one way or the other. And that can often lead to, like I said, this resentment 
and this anger and this frustration, this confusion, and then you can't make clear decisions. Yeah. Is that my problem right now? No, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that that's it. Though I did have, there's been a lot of the burnout that's happened and I've resented my bandmates. I've gotten to it. Like, you're not doing anything. You're not holding your own. You're just coming along for the ride. You're coattail riders. And I've had band members that have been like that. Like we've talked about before, not everybody is going to give the same 100% right. 100% of the time. Right. Right? right. Sometimes right. it's selective. Some people have achieved that, hey, this is just one aspect of my life. This isn't everything in my life. So that also helps with once if you get that type of balance, you can avoid burnout. Burnout is more common than most people realize. Some guys avoid burnout by changing bands every six months. But what happens is is because they never make a true commitment. That's a whole nother right. thing that we could get down to. Again, that right. to me, that's fire truck chasing. You go where you think the excitement is, and as soon as it runs out, you move on. Well, maybe yep. they're happier people. I don't know. It's possible. But for the things that I've always wanted to achieve, commitment to, and I think you feel the same way, commitment to the process and to the overall journey is definitely key. You, yeah. 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 Again, my, I think my frustrations right now is because the model has changed, the industry has changed so much that I'm trying to find my point and purpose for what is going on, especially for the band that I'm in, because we're over the 10-year mark. And I've discussed this before, both privately and with other people. If you're still an indie in the trench band after 10 years, you have to change your model because, yeah, uh, listen, to be honest, the, the big stardom thing is probably never going to happen. But you have right. to mold the new model, the fit, even though you may not want to use that word, the niche that you're now in. Because you're in that 10-year-plus Indian the Trench band niche. And it's a core group of people that support you. So that's what becomes most important. Not to say that reaching new fans isn't important. It is. But I'm not going to make the same impact as I did if I was a band that was fresh on the market because right. people have a tendency to kind of already lump you in as one way or the other. They have a thinking. Keep in mind, this is the important thing so that you don't say, oh, he's just, you know, whatever. But the thing is, is the music's always new to somebody. That's why still building a newer audience is important, but you cannot forego the core audience. No. Because once no. you reach Agreed. that 10 Agreed. plus year thing, yeah. you definitely have a niche. There's a core. You can't get 10 years plus in if you didn't build a core audience. Yeah, agree. They're not agree. going to give you the money that Metallica makes or Taylor right. Swift. But the, is that what it's about at this point? No. Right. Right. So now you're doing it because there is a love of what you're doing. You're making music that you like and that, that niche audience that kind of resonates to what you like, likes as well. So if you put a lot of that stuff into perspective, you can avoid or mitigate the amount of burnout. And like Chris said early on, we all experience, and sooner or later, there's a level of burnout. It depends on how aware you are. If you recognize it sooner, you can cut to the chase very quickly and get rid of it and mm -hmm. build something new. If you're so hyper-focused, tunnel vision's got you, got you locked in, you may not realize it until years later. And you're like, why hasn't everything, you know, and then you're angry and miserable and you're doing bad posts all the time and stuff like that. So, you know, you have to create this checks and balance system. 
You are listening to The Cosmic Voice with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. On a side note, I'll be honest with you. If you're locked into social media, and as Chris pointed out, we do keep social media active for this band and for the brand as much as we can. I hate social media, and I'm not afraid to say it. I don't think it's going to turn people off one way or the other. I've never liked it. I can't stand it. I'm not that kind of person. But I realize it's the beast that we have to keep using because that's what you're getting the most traction from, even though you're not really getting the traction you think you're getting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if you stopped yeah. all social media, tell me in this day and age what happens next. Right. It's very difficult because venues and other bands and distributors and all those people that are involved in the work look at social media. So if you don't do. have social media... Even even in the smallest amount, where do you send people? Nobody's coming to showcases anymore. Yeah. You don't. You can't go. Hey, I'm playing this local bar. You come check me out if you like me. Yeah, they're going to be like, yeah, okay, all yeah. right, sure. Yeah, send me send me something online. Send, yeah, something send me online. yeah, send me something online or what's your yep. Facebook yep. thing? Let me check this out. And so yep. sometimes just thinking of social media is like how we you know. Oh my God, it just it could send you in a tizzy. And everybody's got the answer. You should do this, and you got to do this, and you got to sponsor this ad. You got to pay for this. You got to touch that, smell that, pull this, you know, yank on that, whatever, and all these bells and whistles. Oh, that's not necessarily the case. It happens for a small percentage of people, not everybody. Because if it did, everybody would be top stars today. Right, 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 right. right. And yep. all that can send you into to burnout. When the thrill is gone, hopefully you realize it sooner than later. But sometimes, you know, in worst-case scenarios, maybe just taking a break. In 2002, I took a break. I had to. I was literally burned out. Actually, even before, like, back in 91, 92, I took a break. After our development deal with a major label had fallen through, we were let go. And I was so bummed out. I was like, you know, what's... That, that was it. There was no... The whole band was in a downward spiral. We weren't even talking to each other anymore. I think we did... Shortly after that, we did one more show. Nobody talked to each other before the show, after the show, and that was it. And I was like, well, you know, maybe I need some time off. And I did. It took about a year and a half or so off, and then I got into another band. And, you know, I did that for a number of years. And by 2002, I was burned out again. I was just, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing. I took a couple of years off this time. I needed it. And then I came back, and I felt refreshed, and I had this plan of action. I applied different techniques that I learned in other parts of my life, and you know, and I had a, a better focus and I had a better balance. But even in that time, in the, in the 14 years, you can lose that sight of that because the yeah. industry's changed yeah. so much. So much. You know what I mean? So yeah. much. And yep. and over the last five years, there's been so many major shakeups. You know, you're trying to keep up and it's tiring. And listen, you know, with us, we're older. There's more yeah. responsibility on other aspects of our life. So the balance, it works in the negative sometimes. So Find that balance if you can, and I know, like I said, we've talked about this before, get those positive distractions and become aware of it as much as you can, but know what your model is. And if you feel that model isn't working, change it because that's yeah. insanity. Burnout is insanity. Repeating the yeah. same thing over yep, and over again, expecting yep. something different. I've mm -hmm. done that multiple times, a lot of times. I'm probably still doing it. It's a learned thing, but it can be unlearned 
if we become aware of it and make steps to do it. It may take a couple times, but that's my opinion. That's what I'm telling you. Right, wrong, or indifferent, Chris? <laughs> no, I agree, brother. I, You know, I think that the one thing I was thinking about when you were talking was, you know, you had mentioned about losing band members. And, th- and that's that's a tough one, man. That is such a t- – I mean, that is such a, a downer, right, when you lose somebody. Unless that person's – well, even still, even if the person's a problem. Like, just learn – because you got to start from scratch. I think the one thing that has always kept me going when it comes to losing band members is the feeling of when you get a new band member – and if it works and clicks, man, that he, that person just brings a whole new life in the band. Then you become excited again, and then you know that kind of refuels your your you know your passion. Uh, it, it it kind of defeats that burnout. So I, with me, like I said before, the only way out is through, man. Just keep unless you are literally just look at yourself in the mirror and go, I cannot do this any longer. I need a break, and that's okay too because you know we talk a lot about mental health nowadays and we had pam on like i said the last season and she talked a lot about mental health and you know mental health is a real thing and it's a thing that we're dealing with now where it's more open people talk about it more and if you feel that way then it's totally okay and understandable to you know just give yourself some time but if you don't want to give yourself some time then just keep going just keep fighting 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 and you'll get through it there's there's always going to be another side and that's it man that's my advice just keep on moving yeah, do what David Coverdale does. Fire the band, get a new one. Fire the band, get a new one. Right? Fire right. the band, get a new one. Now that he's not touring, he's remastered or remixing all the older that's stuff. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so that's it, man. Find that balance. Pushing through is not a bad thing either. Sometimes you just need to knock off the dust, pull up the bootstraps. But if you're finding that you're getting unhealthy, like literally, physically, mentally, spiritually, then you maybe, like Chris said, Stop for a second. Stop for a day. Stop for two days. Stop for a week. Stop for a month. Whatever it is, because if you're not in good position to do stuff, no matter what you do, it's not going to be. That's it's right. not going to be worth it. So you're that's most right. 100% important. Right. 100% right. You got anything else you'd like to add? No, man. I think that's it, dude. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. If you like that episode, check out some of our other episodes at www.thecosmicvoice.com. Step into the cosmic verse and fill that void. Thanks so much for listening. This is The Cosmic Voice. Be sure to check us out at thecosmicvoice.com. Like and follow us on Facebook at The Cosmic Voice. You can find The Cosmic Voice everywhere you listen to online podcasts like Deezer, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, and so many more. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, Mick and I would like to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And we hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, Feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes of The Cosmic Voice. And you can get in touch with us through thecosmicvoice.com and, of course, all of the Cosmic Voice social medias. Take care and be safe. You're listening to The Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business.